Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So I'm very honoured to be joined by Cameron Ford of Insulate Britain and also an internet sensation. Um, Cameron, I just... I know you must be sick of hearing about this, um, but you are you are literally a viral sensation um, in a clip which has been watched by millions and millions of people across social media. Now, for those who haven't seen this clip, which you almost certainly have, let's just have a little extract, just because I have watched it about 15,000 times and it hasn't got old. Let's have a look. What do you do for a living, well, Cameron? I'm a carpenter. A carpenter, right. So how safe is that for the climate? Well, I work with timber, which is a much more sustainable material rather than concrete. I also but you work with trees out. that have been cut down then, don't you? It's a sustainable building practice. How is it sustainable if you're killing trees? Because it's regenerative, you can grow trees. Right. Well, you can, you can grow all sorts of things, can't you? Well, you can't grow concrete. You can. See you, Cameron. <laughs> Still funny. Every time. Yeah. Doesn't get less funny. Cameron, you need an Oscar for the, 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 the deadpan. The deadpan. I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd crack up. Oh my word. And do you know what I think is funny about Cameron? There's, did you ever watch Jam, this Chris Morris sketch show? Uh no, Chris Morris rings a bell though. Yeah, he did like brass eye and stuff. And it yeah, was yeah. Like, I've heard someone say, is this a brass eye sketch? It does come across like a brass eye sketch. But there's also a ja- Jam was a very surreal, quite dark comedy series he did. And in it, there is um, a sketch about people who were, I suppose, t- terminally thick, who, 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 were, who were employed because you, they can never lose an argument because they're so stupid, they don't know they've lost an argument. And... That is exactly what's happened here because Mike Graham, the shock jock on talk radio, you kind of think after, he might have thought, well, actually, on national radio saying you can grow concrete, bit silly. The stupidest thing ever said, actually. Um, but he just doubled down. And was trying to explain how you can grow concrete, that it, it, that it expands. And that, I mean, even even like... No one even says that concrete expands that much. Like you maybe leave a 10 mil gap for every four meters of like screed you lay. Like it's not renowned for expanding even. Like someone just needs to take his concrete tree uh, digging shovel off of him and uh, just tell him to sit down. (laughs) The thing is, what's so funny about it is they put up the clip voluntarily. Yeah, yeah. They thought they won. We own, oh, we we own him big time. Oh, he froze. He froze because he was left speechless. Because <laughs> you were left speechless. Because how did you laugh? You just. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the, these people say something so ridiculous with such conviction, you know, and that's the problem with with a large swathe of our media these days. And like, 
people need to question authority because someone can say something so false and say it with such certainty that you're left there thinking, well, he didn't, he, you know, it's nuts. And, and that is the sorry state that our media is in. And that's why we're in this situation that we're in. Because um, if they had been telling the truth years ago and not putting people like this in front of television shows, etc., then we wouldn't be in this really dire situation. Well, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about media <clears throat> coverage, not least quite dangerous, I would say, media coverage of English Late Britain. But just, I mean, on, just quickly on, just finally on that whole clip, actually, it's it has worked out very well for you and English Late Britain, hasn't it? Because I saw some people, there was a left winger going, no, don't share the clip because they want us, because it's good content for talk radio, all the rest of it. It's like, oh, who cares? I mean, it's just some shit right wing shock jock um, channel. But for Insulate Britain, this is probably the biggest single best publicity that you've actually got. It's put you on the map. People, everyone sided with you on it. I mean, it's helped, hasn't it? It's reached a lot of people. It shows the hu- it shows us as human because the media has been trying to undermine us. I mean, the Daily Mail has personally gone after me, uh, you know, in, in recent times and tried to make me out as something I'm not, you know, and undermine us in the campaign. This just shows us as like actually just real people mm-hmm. who and, and what we're up against and like why we're having to cause such disruption to like get through this to be able to like share our message because otherwise these people are talking about crap most of the mm-hmm. time. So I am going to ask you and ask one devil's advocate question at the beginning and which won't because I want to avoid the kind of, as I say, just bullshit, which you normally get. What's the point? Otherwise, might as well just be on Sky. What's the point? So I'm going to talk and, and actually give you an opportunity to, to face down your critics, as it were. But a lot, you know, from a left perspective, some might argue this. Protest in our history is supposed to be targeted at power, those who run society. And blocking motorways with motorists of a diverse cohort, some will be privileged, some will be working class, that isn't doing that, and that will undermine consent because a lot of those people who might be sympathetic will just associate protests with inconvenience, for example, to their lives. What would you say to that? We're in a we're in a system that relies on <clears throat> that relies on drama to get any traction in in the news. On October 11th, Greenpeace locked themselves to oil barrels outside 10 Downing Street. You know, it maybe gets one day of news. Lots of people didn't hear about it. And yet everyone on the road is going, go outside 10 Downing Street, go to Parliament. It doesn't work. It doesn't get you the platform. And that's really sad that we live in a world where you have to disrupt everyday people's lives just to talk about the climate crisis properly. Mm-hmm. On media coverage, I personally have been quite worried about some of the media coverage, well, a lot of the media coverage, because it, it seems you know, we have a right-wing media ecosystem that likes to monster anything which threatens the status quo. They're not impartial dispensers of information to let society know about how the world works. They have, they are political actors, most of them. They are owned by very rich people who benefit from a broken status quo. But they are, I mean, you know, really, really going for insulate Britain. And we've seen insulate Britain people being attacked, being, you know, vehicles plowed at protesters, people being inked, including an elderly protester who spoke about his experiences. 
how worried are you? Because I look at this and think someone's going to get seriously hurt at this rate. How worried are you about the media coverage and about how incitement is essentially at play here? I think that <clears throat> seeing how the media has gone after us, what it's doing is showing how powerful what we're doing, the method we're using is, because they wouldn't be trying to undermine us to this degree. It shows that they're scared. Government don't know what to do. On one hand, they don't want to give us what we're asking for, which will improve millions of people's lives who are in fuel poverty, stop you know, over 8,500 deaths every winter. Instead, they're going down this tract of trying to put us in prison. And like, what's actually going to add value to society um, at its core? Reducing CO2 emissions with what scientists say is the quickest and best and most economically viable way to do it, which is insulation, or lock up 100 people who are really stirring the pot. And, and they're not locking us up because they don't want to be seen to do that before COP. They know how bad that's going to look. And so they're piling these injunctions on us, um, which a lot of it, you know, you look through the actual paperwork that I've had coming through my door, and it's like they've just been printing off random folders of information that doesn't even seem to relate to it. Like the, the pages, the stack is about that thick. And I just imagine them in the office going, Print that folder. That one looks scary. And, and print that one. And they're like, well, that's got nothing to do. Print it. Print it. Send them more paperwork. Yeah, it's just bizarre. So we're getting to them. And, and that's why the media is coming after us. That's why they're inciting violence, trying to make us out like hypocrites and that, that we don't have a leg to stand on to call the, the government out for betraying its people just because of this thing and that thing, or I've got a light on here, or, you know, people are in rented homes that aren't insulated, etc. It really shows the media and the government and how closely intertwined they are and how they really, really don't want the change that's needed. How worried have you been about, I suppose, your safety and the safety of protesters involved, given the level of aggression that we have seen against insulators and protesters? Um, I think we're going to have to do some work with some therapists after we, we get through this and, and that is being offered to us because it is, it is really scary. Uh, in one instance, when I was glued onto a road, the police had cleared the traffic. The police are very good at clearing the actual blockage and then rerouting the traffic. So the delays aren't as long as people think. So we had about a hundred meter stretch in front of us with a cleared traffic and there was a police barrier and Someone in their, in their car <clears throat> drove through the police barrier and started driving at us. We're all glued on. A lot of us had their, their back to him. I could see this happening. And there's a moment where I'm thinking, he's coming so fast. Surely, you know, he, he's a cop. Uh, and, and he gets there and there's no lights, nothing. And I, I bring the, the police. There were th only three police officers with us at the time. And I brought their, it to their attention, yelling. And they ran out stop the guy and it took three of them to stop him because he was so enraged with us mm -hmm. um and it's horrible to be you know causing someone suffering and anger like that i can't imagine it's just our roadblock that's brought him to that i imagine for, you know for numerous reasons that are probably tied in with austerity that he is that close to going over the limit um with his with his aggression so it's terrifying and i'm really worried that something is bad is going to happen we we've we've given the government ample opportunity to either give us the demand or put us in prison to stop it you know you set bail you break bail you get put on remand they're not doing that and there's a reason for that
In terms of, I find this quite interesting, the whole kind of, you know, being angry because of um, inconvenience calls, for example. It was reported this week that patients are dying outside of hospitals in ambulances. And that's because obviously of an under-resourced health system. So one ambulance trust warned the problem had reached catastrophic levels. Um, a patient had died after waiting for an hour at the back of an ambulance, literally outside Addenbrooke's Hospital Gosh. in Cambridge. But do, do, don't you think that's interesting that a lot of anger is, you know, we've had, as you pointed out, years of austerity, of, of cutbacks to public services that has really damaged the infrastructure of this country. We have a privately run fractured railway system where massive inconvenience is built in and we take it almost as a fact of life. So we are constantly inconvenienced by a system which puts profit ahead of people's actual needs, fragmented privatization, austerity. And yet the real, the, you're not seeing out, the, you know, those same people getting outraged about that. Instead, it's some protesters sporadically doing a, an inconvenience, a level of inconvenience, which is a, a tiny, tiny percentage of that inconvenience, which is caused by the government and the system we operate under. Yeah, again, it's partly the media swinging it to, to make out what a huge inconvenience. I think someone on the TV said inconveniencing millions of people. I don't think millions of people are stuck in our traffic jams. You know, this is just demonstrates the way they blow it out of proportion. I think the other part is that they don't have anyone to take out their anger on. And if we're labeled the bad guys, and we're there in front of them and we're stopping them getting on with their life because they know that for so many other reasons they're being stopped getting on with their lives. And one day their life might be stopped because of this government. And so we're the face of what they can take out on us. You, they don't get a chance to talk to those ministers. And when they do, you know, at, at the, the Conservative Party um, in Manchester, the conference they had, you know, there was aggression there. And I definitely not justifying that, but people are, are angry at the government, but they're not, there's no way for them to vent that in an effective way. Tell me about how Insulate Britain was founded and tell me what the agreed strategy is. So what, you know, why was it founded? What's its big driving purpose? What's the kind of theory of change? So I think... The, the the crux of what what we're working around is is this this line that Sir David King, who was the UK chief scientific advisor for Blair and Brown, who's now retired and is more able to say, you know, the true situation because he's not risking losing his job. He can be more more frank about it. And he said the next three to four years will determine the future of humanity. And that's really not much time. <clears throat> You know, it's not going to be, OK, maybe we get if we get there in 10 years, you know, all these 2030 targets and that they're getting us there too late. It's going to be pointless, quite frankly. And so I think when people realise the immediacy of the change that's needed, they went to they, we talked with industry professionals and the, the best CO2 reducing economically viable because for every pound of ins insulation you, you buy, you save three pounds of energy. So, you know, it makes the most sense. It requires no lifestyle change from, from individuals. In fact, it improves people's lives, brings them out of fuel poverty, stops the elderly falling over and breaking a hip, which they're more likely to do in a cold house statistically. So it, it's kind of a win-win-win 
and so that's why that's how we came about getting to to insulation because we need to go after the things that we can start winning the other things are really difficult but if we can get a win on insulation then we'll turn the tide and we'll start changing all the other things that need to go with it i do think it's interesting because some even some on the left have been i suppose had concerns about the strategy and the tactics of insulate britain but what what I think is quite striking, if you look back to 2019 with Extinction Rebellion, and I do actually think there are legitimate critiques of Extinction Rebellion, not least if you look at the experience of people of colour in the justice system, the justice system being inherently racist, yeah. pushing a kind of strategy of go and get yourself arrested without taking into account the different experiences people have with a racist justice system. I think there are problems there. What is striking about what happened in 2019, though, Extinction Rebellion, amongst large chunks of the population, very unpopular. But the polling showed that environment, climate, went way up in the polling throughout 2019. And there was one big reason for that, and that was the protest. So I suppose part of what you're doing is what is called consciousness raising. Because we can see with just that one viral clip on one, let's be honest, right-wing shock jock radio station, which it was very clear at the beginning of the interview, you, you you were not looking forward to doing. And a lot of people just wouldn't bother with because they're like, oh, just going to get yelled at by an angry egg. But I think, but isn't that the strategy? The idea is we protest, we're going to piss a lot of people off, but actually climate environment is going to go up the agenda as a consequence because the media organizations, I was watching GB News, bizarrely enough, a clip where this, their, their home affairs correspondent was like, this is so annoying because we're doing what they want and we're covering them and that's what they want to. And, and I was like, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> because that's the point, is to, is to push it up. Your hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Yeah, it's, it's not about being popular. Uh, we knew we weren't going to be popular. We knew the media would go after us. We knew that we would be rightly so upsetting people who who our blocks are affecting. Um, but you're right. This is about getting it into the consciousness, being able to get a platform to describe to people what a two Celsius world looks like, the horror and like the fact that it will be the biggest world war we've ever seen. I'm not trying to spook people or like overham this. If people were told the Chatham House report or encouraged by media to go and read that or just told it by the media. It's not up to people who have got, you know, doing 50, 60 hour working working weeks and, and that. So we needed to see the media to be talking about this. They haven't. And so we caused protests to be able to talk about it. And now I believe that the climate crisis has now overtaken COVID in terms of 
has polled as the mo- as the biggest concern of of the of members of the public that is because we've been talking about the climate emergency for for the last 6 weeks and we're in this new form of civil resistance which is like i'm not going to let you you know betray our future who are you government to do that here's a solution rather than just saying we have a problem we have a problem we have a problem we've been there we've done that now it's like here's a solution industry professionals back it up i mean they haven't found any industry professional to get on gb news or these shock jock things who thinks this is a bad idea now no one can can refute what we're asking for i mean just thinking about that in terms of um media coverage and so on i mean do you think it's striking that actually a lot of the media isn't doing their job when it comes to the climate emergency? My comrade in arms, Al Sarkar, pointed out on Jeremy Vine today, the Jeremy Vine show, which we're, we, we often do, both of us, on Channel 5, that if you look at how Brexit was covered from 2016 onwards, it was whenever I went on TV or radio, like Ash, we just always asked about it, almost even if we were talking about something else. It was shoehorned into everything. And... I mean, this is an existential threat to humanity. I mean, so I suppose partly, you know, do you think part of what you're doing is just because you feel the media hasn't done their job on on an existential threat? And if they did, then you wouldn't be forced to wouldn't be forced to do it in a sense. What do you think? Yeah, I think it, it starts with the government have not done their job. The government is there to to guide us, to keep us safe, to inform us, to look after our futures. That's what the government is there for. And instead, they're they're you know granting new new coal mines and 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 drilling in the North Sea, you know, and they they failed us ultimately. Then the media have failed us for not pointing out the ludicrous, you know, that that is a death sentence that the government are taking us down. So it it's kind of this snowball effect of one lie after another, and we're looking up the hill saying no no more of this, and that's why you know I'll take any right wing media person on because i'm sick of it they need to get out of the way change is coming person on because i'm sick of it they need to get out of the way change is coming people are realizing people are coming together people are willing to go to jail over this because change is going to come we're just trying to speed that up and those people like um mike graham they just need to get out of the way i mean on that do you think part of the problem is this is kind of my experience of trying to get people to engage with the climate emergency is people have everyday issues and concerns that worry them deeply and should do, whether it be the housing crisis, whether it be the longest squeeze in living standards since the Napoleonic age, whether it be the consequence, as you said, to cuts to, uh, to public services, you know, the fact we live in a country, you know, where most people in poverty and working households and you have people staring sleepless at night at the ceiling, panicking about an unopened energy bill, on their kitchen counter, that those things seem so immediate and tangible, whilst for many people, the climate emergency, even though we see often extreme weather events being ever more present, so if your houses are being flooded, seems a little bit more immediate, but for a lot of people, it doesn't, and therefore they think to themselves, well, I've got these problems in the here and now, this seems this long-term abstract issue and it's to do with science, which a lot of people find inaccessible. So how do you change that? That's the, that's the issue, I suppose. Yeah, changing that is really hard. <clears throat> You're right. People, a lot of people 
have immediate crisis in their life. And I think a lot of it stems from injustice on all levels. Um, being white and middle class, I, I've, I've done you know, pretty well in life uh, compared to some people. I've not had nowhere near uh, the same level of injustice put on me as, as other members of our community. And so I, but this is, this is the root. The root is injustice and people don't want to talk about that. The root is that, that, that rich people want to hoard vast swathes of money and leave other people either homeless or if they do have a home, it being cold and worrying about whether they can, you know, turn the heating on or if they're going to buy some food. And then that is what's creating the climate crisis. The climate crisis is a result of injustice. It's a result of greed, of hatred towards one another, this looking out for yourself and not your, your brother or your sister, uh, and delusion. It's, it's rooted in delusion, in, in a value system that isn't, that's based on, on exploiting the world and other people. What's next for Inchlade Britain? What's the coming strategy? I and mean, we're already seeing clearly there is a big crackdown on protests in this country led by the government. We've had uh, legislation, the policing bill, which frankly cracks down on 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 protests which are far less disruptive or however you want to call it than, than your own. But also they're planning spe- specific measures to target Inchlade Britain, the sort of tactics Inchlade Britain use. So what's the strategy in the coming weeks and months? Where do you see all this going? Yeah, it's... We don't have time to lie down. We don't have time to let the government scare us anymore. Uh, fear is what stops us from acting and calling out their their treason. And I think what's next for Insulate Britain, and we're seeing this, is that it's going to grow. And people are going to see that civil resistance in a, in a non-violent uh way is vital to bringing the change that's necessary and and we're seeing that and we're we're, you know we're asking people in 10 or 20 years time when you look back on 2021 are you going to wish that you did anything differently you're going to wish you stopped looking at the telly and watching podcasts like this you're going to wish that you 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 stood up and said not having the government ruin ruin mine and my kids futures Pretzel put down of the podcast. You can do both, of course. Hopefully, people will watch and listen to this and go out and do something to change the world. That's the point. Anyway. Absolutely, we have to learn. We have to learn. We have to realize the severity of the situation. We don't. We we learn that from li- listening to podcasts like this, from going to reputable journalists and learning the severity of the situation. And so, I thank you for your work. Absolutely. Just finally, um, in terms of. I, I suppose your final wake up call plea to people watching and listening to this, which is <clears throat> what f- kind of future are people going to face unless they do something? And it is that kind of in 20, 30 years when we're facing far, far more severe consequences of the climate emergency. History, I think, is a, a pretty brutal judge often. And we'll look back at how will it look back at protesters against coming catastrophe and, and those who are trying to run them over but what what's your kind of final plea wake up call for people who understand there's a problem a big problem they feel a bit helpless what would you say to them about what is coming down the tracks unless people do far more than they're currently doing we're in a we're in a place of this sort of status quo we get 
for most of us, three meals a day. We get, if we're retired, our pension. If we're sick, we can get to the NHS and for the most part, um, you know, receive medical care. <clears throat> that will all go. There will be uh, no food reliability as we see more extreme weather, the bread baskets of the country, uh, the places that grow our rice and our wheat uh, will collapse. Countries will stop exporting food uh, because they're looking after their own. This country relies heavily on imports for food. And so when food runs out, as we've seen, societal collapse comes and then you see slaughter, you'll see rape, you'll see murder. Um, they say that when we reach two Celsius, there's a great possibility. They say that we'll see one billion climate refugees on the move. Oh, hello. Say no. <laughs> Bring your finger in. There's a cat for those listening to the podcast. And Carry animals on. will die. You know, we are already seeing it. We are seeing this beautiful life, this one planet in the in the universe that that hosts cats and butterflies and orchids and all these beautiful things and, and our friends and our siblings and our children, we will lose everything we love. And, and that is not for our governments to decide. That's not fair. And I think we need to realise now that we have to, in this short window we have left, to rise up and prevent that from happening with everything we've got. I mean, we joke, but actually, I do think invoking threats to people's pets might actually be effective. It's worth thinking about because um, as soon as people start thinking their pets are under in danger. No, but seriously, that that was very, very well put. And I suppose that's what's so important and why it's so important to have this discussion, because this is an existential threat. And, you know, sometimes when we point out about the suffragettes, everyone's on the side of the suffragettes these days, but in their time, they were reviled. They were hated. They mm-hmm. and, and they didn't sit around singing Kumbaya, which is, I think, what people think they did. They went actually did far more uh, intense um, things than you did, by the way. They went smashing stuff up, including art galleries. They mm. <laughs> sent bombs in the post. I mean, they did a lot of stuff which you, you don't even contemplate. And people go, oh, bringing up the suffragettes, how can you compare the two? It's like, well, I do think, you know, an existential threat to humanity is quite up the priority list and you know i do think whatever people think about your current tactics and strategy uh how will history judge people who did everything they could to force this up the agenda and more action compared to people who tried to run you over because their kid was late for school so cameron it's a big honor to speak to you um and to discuss the potential for growing concrete um yeah, I hear this, the concrete seeds have run out now. There's been a massive rush. So my, my spring is really messed up now. Yeah, We're going to so starve to death without eating our concrete. The concrete blight of 2021 is, is really, really, really causing huge suffering. Uh, Cameron, take care. Lots of love, solidarity. Thanks for joining Take care. Lots of love, solidarity. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Owen. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you found that informative, educational, uh, interesting, and I certainly did. Uh, do support us on Patreon to keep the show on the road, uh, forward slash Jones 84 Leave us some stars, that'd be nice. Spread the word. And I look forward to speaking to you soon.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.